1: This episode deals with serious and distressing content. Listener discretion is advised.
2: Hi, this is Beth. While I've got you, if you love how I survived, please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps other fans like you find us too.
0: I kind of dozed off. I don't remember anything until I woke up two weeks later uh, in the hospital. Uh, legs gone, penis gone.
2: This is How I Survived Stories of Everyday People and How They Survived Against the Odds. I'm your host, Beth Young.
0: You know,
1: am I going to die or what? I mean, I, I looked back at it now and I thought, you know, how did I ever survive that?
0: I think that I probably survived for a reason.
1: How I Survived.
2: Knocking off after a hard day of work as a labourer, 32-year-old Joe Green was looking forward to an icy cold beer.
0: That Saturday was the end of my work week. My brother and my mom invited me to go out to a bar uh, for dinner and, you know, a couple drinks. So I went there after work, uh, but we ate some food. Uh, I had two beers there and then we all went back to my mom's house because she has a pool table just like played a couple games of pool had two more beers there like some cider beers left there it was probably around nine nine or ten o'clock at night something like that um and i was just gonna head home uh but on my way home i just i don't know got a got a desire to like drop off at this other bar um that was on my way home uh so i dropped off there and it was more like a party atmosphere uh there was karaoke and uh people playing pool and um shuffleboard and stuff like that so uh yeah i just stayed in there for a while and was partying with them people and singing some songs and shooting some pool
2: Blowing off steam, Joe completely lost track of just how much he'd drunk. Then, around 2am, after being awake for 20 hours, he made a terrible decision, one that would haunt him forever.
0: I couldn't even tell you how much I drank there. Uh, I really don't even remember. Anyways, I made, obviously, the bad decision and thought I could drive home. So about 2am, I decided to drive myself home and... Uh, Started going down the road. I was pretty much almost immediately in the country, um, like a more rural area. And I kind of dozed off for a couple of seconds, a few seconds maybe. Um, And I slammed on the gas when I did that. Jolting
2: awake, Joe woke to find himself hurtling around a corner at 120 kilometers per hour.
0: Came to, woke up, realized what was happening and I slammed on my brakes. Uh, when I did, it sent me like fish tailing all over the road and I had hit a telephone pole and it flung me onto the other side of the road where I hit this big boulder and kind of went flying up over it. My truck came down and started flipping once it hit the ground.
2: The sheer force of the sudden impact threw him straight through the windshield. Closing his eyes as glass splintered around him, he was catapulted out of the truck and straight into a line of trees. Feeling a sickening crunch, Joe knew his bones had been broken. Still conscious, he couldn't move or breathe because of the pain. Groaning, he craned his neck to see where the truck had gone. It hadn't stopped though, and the boulder had pierced the gas tank, making it explode into flames. Now, the fireball was coming straight for him.
0: My truck was still flipping towards me. I somehow got ahead of it, um, but it was still flipping towards me and landed on top of me. Um, My truck was upside down and I was underneath the bed of the truck and I wasn't really pinned down or anything like that, but I just couldn't move from all the injuries. Uh, so I was, you know, essentially stuck underneath the truck, or my lower half was, from the waist down. By the time it it landed on top of me, it was already on fire, and I was basically right underneath the gas tank. Um, And I had a truck, so it had about 25 gallons of fuel in it. Flames
2: licked up Joe's torso, and he screamed in agony. It was pure torture. Then someone dragged him away from the fiery wreckage.
0: Uh, This woman had gotten up in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., just randomly to get a glass of water. She said, you know, she'd been, like, back in her bedroom or something, and she may not have heard it. Uh, So she had heard it and called an ambulance and got her husband up, and her husband was the one that came running out and actually pulled me out uh, from underneath my truck. Um... And then one of the other neighbours had come running over about that same time and he like took his shirt off and was putting the flames out on my legs. Uh, And they just kind of sat there with me uh, until the ambulance got there.
2: While they waited, Joe couldn't bear to look down at his melted legs. When the ambulance arrived, he was pumped full of painkillers and rushed to the emergency room a small local hospital, the docs managed to stabilise Joe before a chopper raced him to a bigger hospital with a burn centre. Put into a medically induced coma, Joe's world went black.
0: I don't remember anything until I woke up two weeks later. My family was there. A, a decent amount of my family was sitting in the room. They told me that you know I was in an accident. Um and they were like you were very very seriously injured uh, you know which I could tell at that point you know I was kind of coming to and looking around and look you know <laughs> looking down my legs weren't there so yeah I, I knew things were pretty bad and then I started remembering you know I went out drinking I drove home I wrecked my truck like an idiot um, so yeah that was like really really rough uh, waking up like that and just pretty much instantly kind of threw me into a depression.
2: The fire had melted the skin on Joe's legs down to the bone and they'd been amputated while he was unconscious. For a young bloke, in the prime of his life, this was devastating.
0: There was basically no skin left around my ankles, uh, so that's why they had to amputate. It's kind of crazy because I'd worked that day and I was wearing my work boots... And they had composite toe and bottom and stuff in them, kind of like steel toe, but it's a lot lighter. Um, So, like, my feet were mostly there and saved uh, because of my boots, but there was no no, uh, skin or muscle or anything left around my ankles, so they couldn't get blood flow back to my feet. Uh, My feet were essentially rotting off of me, so they had to cut them off. Joe had
2: also broken his left shoulder, sternum, ribs and tailbone had a collapsed lung and a displaced hip and knee. But that wasn't the worst of it. Not by a long shot. Doctors also had to remove five inches off Joe's genitals, which were burned beyond repair. He'd woken up with no penis.
0: Oh man, everybody kind of sitting around like, you know, they don't really know what to say or what to do. And you know, how could you in that sort of a situation?
2: It was way too much to process, and Joe couldn't work out what was worse, a life without legs or without a penis.
0: I kind of felt like, kind of like my whole life was over at that point, so I don't know if any one thing bothered me more than the other, honestly.
2: At the time, Joe had been dating someone for a few months, and he started to worry. His girlfriend, who he knew wanted kids and marriage, hadn't signed up for this. He didn't know if he'd ever be able to have sex again, let alone have a family, or even if anyone could love him for him.
0: Yeah, I I knew I wasn't going to be able to give her, like, yeah, the things that, I don't know, I I feel like a woman, you know, deserves, really. Um, And I knew that I just couldn't, couldn't do all that, so... So yeah, I figured she'd be a lot better off and I'd probably be a lot better off too without having to like worry about all that and stuff too. So be probably a lot of added stress. And we were talking and she said she was like fine with everything, um, kind of wanted to like still continue. People couldn't really tell me exactly what was gonna happen to me or how long this recovery road would be. Like all I kept getting told was basically it'd be a long, long time. Um, It'd be real, real rough. So I just told her, you know, just say, just go live your life and just do your thing, you know.
2: Emotionally, it was just too much to deal with. Right now, Joe had to focus on healing physically. Recovering in hospital, he had 14 surgeries to patch up his limbs with skin grafts from his stomach, sides and back.
0: So they would take skin Um, and basically slice it off my sides and my back, pretty much my entire back and my my whole stomach. And they'd cut these big pieces of skin off and put them on my legs and my butt and private area. And they did those surgeries for the entire time I was there, about four months. I was getting another skin graft surgery about every week or two. Joe
2: couldn't urinate, so a catheter went straight into his bladder. And for the time being, his penis was second priority to the rest of his body. When the nurses changed his dressings, though, it was disheartening to see how badly he would damaged it.
0: I was still sitting here with, you know, a, a nub for a penis, and, you know, it was extremely disformed. They imitated most of it, not all of it. Uh, there was maybe an inch or so left. Uh, and, like, the hole kind of migrated to the side. It's, like, real open, so it's not like a normal pee hole anymore. It was four
2: months before Joe could even leave the hospital. In a wheelchair, it was pure hell after living such an active life. He desperately missed fishing, hunting and camping. A year on, he was fitted with prosthetics. But it was another year before he was able to start walking. Even then... Due to pain and the fragile skin on his stumps, which would erupt in painful blisters, he could only get up on his prosthetics for 30 minutes at a time.
0: It was April of 2018 when I took my first steps on some legs. Anyways, i have been wearing my legs, but I hadn't really walked yet. I'm still kind of trying to get used to them and all that. But they got me up that day on a walker and I took my first steps... Um, It was a great feeling just to stand up and and like take them first steps. It was it was really great. Um, I'll remember that day forever.
2: When the burns on Joe's legs healed enough, it was time to focus on his penis or lack thereof over time, it had started to trouble him more and more.
0: So that that sort of thing bothered me a lot more as time went on, and then especially having the catheter in. uh, You know, I had that catheter for three years and lugging around a bag of pee with you 24-7 is not fun. I had met with a couple other surgeons about a penis reconstruction. Basically, they wanted to take a flap of skin from my arm, um, like a big enough flap to where it would be like the shape of a penis. And take this flap of skin and roll it up and basically like sew it on to my what was left of my penis now in doing that you I would never feel that and then if I wanted sexual function they would have to go in after it was all healed uh, which takes two or three years and that's like multiple procedures Um, and then at the very end once it's all healed and they make sure you can urinate out of it then they can give you sexual function with that one where they put a prosthetic balloon in the shaft and then they replace one of your testicles with a pump and you can literally pump it up and get like erections on demand Um, but i was just like this doesn't sound that great to me
2: so joe began to do his own research Throughout his journey, he'd realised he had to gain as much knowledge as he could and always advocate for himself.
0: I was coming to find out that a lot of people had complications with those and a lot of people still ended up with catheters in the end, like they could not urinate on their own out of that thing. So I started doing more research on different sorts of penis reconstructions and there's one that they do on guys with small penises. Like, let's say you're born with like a micropenis Uh, surgeons will do a surgery on you to lengthen it Um, basically every man has at least an inch or two back inside of them that a surgeon can pull out Um, and that's essentially what they did on me and they were they did some x-rays and were feeling me up and everything down there and the surgeon said man you've probably got at least three inches back inside of you that I can pull out and I already had about an inch anyways
2: Using a skin graft to hold everything together, Joe's genitals could be rebuilt. Still, the surgeon couldn't promise the same size penis that Joe used to have. It'd probably be a little short of average and pretty skinny too.
0: They first told me like, man, this thing's basically going to be like a pencil. But hey, you, you know, you'd have something there and it'll be a lot more natural. Uh, you'll feel everything, you know, stuff like that. So I was like, you know, heck yeah, this seems like a lot better way to go.
2: So last year, in May 2019, Joe had the operation. Afterwards, for the first time since the accident in April 2016, he could pee by himself. And amazingly, he could even get an erection. With his manhood restored, Joe signed up to a dating app. He decided to be upfront with what he'd been through and the difficulties that might lie ahead.
0: The more girls I was talking to on uh, that dating app, I was coming to realise that it was better for me to just throw everything out there up front. Um, I realised that's going to scare a lot of women off. Uh, A lot of women don't even respond to it, but... It was better than me getting two, three, four weeks into talking to someone and then all of a sudden, you know, I I tell them more and more about myself and then they get turned off um, or just ghost me or, you know, whatever.
2: For Joe, it seemed like a relationship and intimacy were off the cards for him. Maybe no one would ever be able to see past his injuries.
0: I have thought that this entire time up until uh just, you know, maybe three months ago, four months ago, uh, met my girlfriend I got now, and she's definitely changed around my entire perspective on all that. Uh, yeah, I really didn't think it was going to be possible for someone to deal with all this and, and just, I guess, love me for me. So uh, with, with Kendra and my girlfriend now, i just told her everything like right up front of me one of the first conversations we had i was just laying it all out there i said you know just got penis reconstruction You know, was telling her about my scars and you know i'm horribly scarred up on 75 percent of my body um and i also kind of figured too that i thought if i could meet the right woman or if it was the right woman that that sort of stuff wouldn't necessarily bother her right um and it didn't, I mean, it, it didn't bother her, so... I would have to say, if it bothered her at all, it just made her sort of sad. Um, just to, like, hear everything I've been through and stuff like that, like, she was real empathetic and just felt for me. It's It's been, like, very emotional, like, meeting her and, and going through all this, because even through some of the more bad times, like, you know, we've only kind of been dating a short amount of time. Um, we've gone through a lot, and. She's just stuck right by me and just keeps supporting me and keeps being there. And she's just absolutely incredible. Like, yeah, it kind of makes me tear up and get emotional when I really start talking about it and thinking about it because I I didn't think it was going to be possible.
2: And Joe was able to do something else that he didn't think was ever going to be possible again, have sex. As Joe says, all the plumbing works.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everything works, works pretty great. Um, which I'm very, very happy about that. I found the surgeon. They have to put a skin graft, you know, around what they pulled out, obviously, um, to cover it. So I do have a skin graft around my penis. Um, so I don't necessarily feel the skin, but that is a very sensitive area and there's no nerve damage really. So, um, it, it still feels good. And actually my penis ended up being bigger than what they thought. Uh, You know, it's actually, like, average size. Um, And I actually even have to buy special condoms. Uh, Like, because it's kind of short but it's thick. So, um, you know, it's taken some figuring out.
2: And if Joe decides he wants to become a dad in the future, he can. Three years on from his accident, he's found the courage to speak about the reckless decision he made that night it changed his life forever. He's sharing his story so that you will think twice before getting behind the wheel after a few drinks.
0: You're not thinking clearly once you get to that point. So it's really, really, really best to make a plan beforehand, before you go out, you know, plan your ride, whether it's, uh, you know, scheduling an Uber to come pick you up at a certain time or your friend to come back and get you, or your mom, like whoever you got a freaking call, I guarantee you, if your friends and family care about you, they will come pick you up. It don't matter if it's one, two, 3 a.m. Um, you know, get a designated driver, uh, get a cab lined up. And then that way you don't have to worry about it. And that way you can just go out, cut loose, have your good time and get home safely. And if you don't have the money to pay for a cab, then maybe you should think about not drinking that week. You know, maybe you should skip a week of drinking.
2: You'd think that hearing Joe's story would put any sane person off drink driving. But horrifyingly, that's not the case.
0: I'll tell you what, to be dead honest, uh, I have had a couple of people tell me that they did not care and they will continue drinking and driving. They don't care about themselves or anyone else's life. So I actually have had that happen a couple of times. Uh, It's pretty heartbreaking and, and shocking to hear that. Um, you know, after they hear everything that's happened to me. um, But, yeah, it it does happen. But, yeah, the majority of people, 99% of people are, yeah, fairly blown away and, like, you know, you can tell it makes them think different.
2: Joe very nearly died that night and he could have easily killed other innocents too.
0: I definitely feel lucky that I didn't hurt anyone else. I mean, if there's any silver lining to any of this, it's that I didn't hurt anyone else, you know. Um, I don't think I could really live with that hard enough living with this and feel like it'd be even harder if I'd hurt someone else like this or killed someone's family member so um and I actually don't drink anymore I just I always made bad decisions when I was drinking and uh, that was one of them and um so I just stay away from the stuff.
2: It's been a tough road but finally Joe can see some light at the end of the tunnel finding love has made all the difference.
0: I really didn't think it was going to be possible for someone to deal with all this and and just I guess love me for me, um, but I I feel like there's some hope with all that now. Uh, I really do. I I think it you know for someone like me or anyone else out there that may be like me or disabled, uh, it can it can definitely get you down and and seem like it's not going to happen. Well, I'm telling you, there there are people out there that can deal with it, and you may have to look in different places. You may have to look a little longer, uh, but the, you know the the people are out there that can deal with this sort of stuff, and and that are you know just going to look at you for you.
2: Recently, Joe shared his story publicly for the first time with a group of medical students. It was nerve-wracking. He was sweating bullets and he was speaking to a room full of people about a topic that is intensely private. But he did it.
0: I was, like, staring down at the ground the whole time and I was, like, real nervous, like, a whole room of eyeballs just staring at me. Um, But I I made it through and everybody really thanked me and... um, you know, seemed like I I really made an impact over there. So that was a good experience. And, you know, I hope to just keep doing more and more and get more and more comfortable with it. Um, And hopefully just go out here and keep saving some lives.
1: If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you don't miss more incredible stories of survival. We'll bring you a new one next time. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. It really helps.
2: And we'd love it if you could find our Facebook group, "How I Survived," and we're on Twitter at SurvivedPod.
1: Next time on How I Survived.
2: He lifted up the baseball bat. His teeth were gritting, and and that was sort of it. It was just like bang. And so I yelled out to the girls, "Go and get mommy help! Please go and get mommy help!"
1: If you feel you've been affected by any of the topics in this week's episode, help and support is available by calling Lifeline on 13 11 14 or lifeline.org.au or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636 22 46 36 or
2: beyondblue.org.au. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...